You are listening to audio from Creekside Community Church. If you'd like to learn more about Creekside, find out about our services and upcoming events, or listen to other sermons, please visit creeksidecommunity.org. My other family, I I love Creekside. It's such a blessing to be here with you all uh, today. I told my staff, I said, hey, I'm going to go preach at Creekside this week. Hope I don't have too much fun. I may be be joining our church here. I I love this place. This is a beautiful place. It's such a blessing. And it's such a blessing to be going through the series that you are. But before we go into that, I'd love to just uh, go in prayer and uh, and pray to the Lord for some help for us all this, this morning. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, you have not left us here as spiritual orphans. Lord, you've given your word to provide us direction, encouragement, God, for our souls. And Lord, we need encouragement this morning. Lord, we need you to speak this morning. And Lord, I don't know what all of us are coming to this place with, Father, but I know that you have answers for us if we are but willing to ask, Lord, and entrust those answers to you, Lord. And Father, so we pray that you would speak to us this morning through your word. Help this broken vessel that's that's preaching your word as I preach not only to them but to myself. Father, we preach this and we pray this, rather, in the name of Christ. Amen and amen. This is a blessing to be going through this series. I absolutely love this series as you're going through the school of faith. And I think that we we need to hear some things, and I needed to hear some things uh, from this morning that's coming out of it. Let me go ahead and read this text to us as I continue to set up our time. I'm going to be coming from uh, Hebrews 11, obviously, but looking at verses 29 and 30. Let me go ahead and read that for us this morning. The author says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. I think what's important about this conversation today is that as we continue to uh, experience life in this world, as we continue to face things that continues to try to call us to be bitter and call us to, to, to be callous and call us to doubt God, we need this reminder this morning as we look at what this area is pointing to. And really, this, this series has been, I've been watching online, it's important because it forces us once again to look at those four words in the form of a question. Will I trust God? As a question that's ever before us, are we willing to trust God even when things are getting tough and even when we're facing trial and tribulations in our life, are we willing to trust God? And this text this morning, it calls us back to it because I believe that these two areas that we're going to be looking at this morning, that we're most prone to doubt God when we're facing them. And what are those two areas that we're going to be looking at in the school of faith this morning? I want to specifically speak to a faith that is necessary for deliverance and a faith that is necessary for direction and purpose. That, that is to say that, that when we have something that's threatening the joy of our faith, when we have something that's threatening our, our, our trust in God, what are we going to do and are we going to trust God because it's in those moments the circumstances that, that calls us and tries to call us away from our Lord that we tend to doubt, and we need to speak to that this morning, but also for the direction. God provides for us and lays for us a path that we are to walk through, but that takes an amazing amount of faith to do that, and I think someone here would, would agree with me on that. Let me remind us this morning in Hebrews 11:2 that as the author is setting uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 up, at the beginning of it, he says that, Faith is what the ancients were commended for. 
So what he's saying is that, listen, I want to look at the ancient saints, and I want to draw some strength for them, specifically in the context of Hebrews, when you have people that's trying to to wonder, and they're, they're, they're on the fence, and trying to figure out whether or not they're going to go back to believing and trusting the law, or whether they're going to trust in the full satisfaction of what Christ did on the cross to secure your relationship with God. He says that while you are standing on the fence of that, let me, in, let me invite you to trust God. And let me in, invite you to do what the ancients did just 1,600 years prior. I want to invite you because they were commended for it. And there's, I think there's two things that, that we're commended to do in, these, in this, uh, this text this morning. And what I want to do is, if you're keeping notes, we're going to keep this real simple. One, we see that by faith, walls go up. And two, by faith, walls come down. Those are the two things I think we see this morning. So let's go ahead and go in that first one. By faith, walls go up. We can see that in verse 29 of chapter 11 there. By faith, it says, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. The text here says that by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. As I just said, the author, what is he doing? He's looking 1,600 years prior and looking at Exodus chapter 14. And what does he find there? He finds the answer to a question that we often ask when we are facing trials in our life. What's the, what's the, the, the question there? Lord, will you deliver me? Is that not the question that we ask in the midnight hour? Is that not the, not the question when we are faced with and our bodies are filled with, with and riddled with, uh, with anxiety about this thing that, that as we play it in our minds like a recorder, it just won't stop and we try to push pause, but the thing continues to go on and on in our minds and in our psyche. What are we asking ourselves? Lord, will you deliver me from this thing? That's what he's looking at when he's looking at 1,600 years prior in Exodus chapter 14. And he's, he's commending Israel because of what took place. Listen, it takes faith. Sometimes we can look, read the stories and read them in, in the scriptures, read them as fairy tales. These were real things that actually happens, uh, happened. And let me tell you, it takes faith to walk through the Red Sea and even continue to head towards the Red Sea when you have an enemy behind you that's constantly pressing you to the Red Sea. If, if, you're, if you're looking at the situation that's happening, it's pressing you between a rock and a hard place, but the Lord tells you to continue to go that way. Well, that doesn't make sense, God. Continue to go that way. The question that, that naturally rises out of that is, is what, Lord, will you deliver me? But the thing is, is that, listen, the question is, is that what motivation or audacity were the, uh, the Israelites possessed by that will cause them to advance towards the Red Sea, even with the enemy behind them. What possessed them, and I believe what possessed them was the promises of God, was his promises, his, his word. They trusted him at his word, and, and, and it was messy, and we're going to look at how messy it, it was in a second here, but it wasn't, that is to say, it wasn't just outright clean and, and cut, but they still trusted God nonetheless. So if you're keeping notes right quick, we just want to look, continue, look at these words here. There is a promise that God gives. You've heard that before in this series. There was a promise. What was the promise in that story? The promise was, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The promise is God's commitment and God's commitment to his people. God makes commitments to you too. 
God makes commitment to his church because he loves his people. And let me tell you this, that it's not a coincidence that we see the character of God in this and we see the character in God sending Jesus. And how many of us know that Jesus, his name literally means the God who saves. And some of us need to hear that this morning as you're facing life this morning. Lord, you have the power to deliver and you have the power to save me and you have the power to change this thing around, whatever it is that you're facing in life. Part of the Christian commitment is to say that, Lord, not only do I commit my body to you, I'm not sure what's going to happen to my body, but, Lord, I also commit my soul to you. And that is to say that, God, whatever happens, I'm trusting you for the outcome. And this is exactly what you see here. Why? Because, God, you made a promise that whosoever loves you, or uh, that God so loved the world, excuse me, that whosoever believeth in him, they shall not die, but have everlasting life. God sent his only begotten son in this text here, in, in, uh, in John 3, 16, that is. It's not a coincidence that Jesus' name actually means God saves. The second thing I want us to see here, and this is a point of clarity. When God promises his people, when God makes a commitment to his people, it's not simply just, hey, I promise I'm going to do this, and God backs out of the situation. God does something that we desperately need for God to do because we, like children, and like we can be sometimes, we quickly forget, and we need the reassurances of God. It's a promise coupled with reasons you can trust. It's a promise that's coupled with, uh, with, with uh, assurances and instructions. Well, what do you mean by that? It says here that God gives assurance around his commitments. It's just like when, our, when you tell your child that, listen, uh, we're going to take you to somewhere special. We're going to take you to this particular place. And then every 10 minutes or so, they keep on asking you, are we going? Are we still there? Are we almost there? Well, my answer has not changed from the last 10 minutes than when you asked me before. What they're asking for is something that we desperately need in our faith. Lord, Father, would you just give me some assurances because I want to trust you. But, Lord, give me some assurances along the way, please. And God understands. He relates to us. He knows that we need assurances, which is why his word, it doesn't sound cold. It sounds warm as if you're talking to a person. He says, I got some assurance for you. What are the assurance he, he gives in this text? He says, listen, 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 listen. I'm going to deliver you uh, this, uh, from this, this, this fight. But he says, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. That's the assurance. And the assurance, I love this text here. Because the assurance is not based on what I'm able to do. There are times in my life, even as a pastor, that, listen, that I'm not always yelling. I don't talk like this all the time. I talk like this sometimes, okay? <laughs> There's times where I wake up in the morning and I need to whisper to myself that, okay, I'm going to trust the Lord on this day as I'm yelling at you this morning. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. This, God gives his, this, this assurance, but it's not based on my ability, and it's not based on my, my measurement of strength. It's based on something else. It's in accordance to the Lord's strength, not your own. Did you catch the fact that the Lord says that, listen, the faith that I want you to have is not in you because you're not going to turn around and fight the Egyptians. He says, that's not what I have in store for you. I have something else that, that is even greater than you can ever imagine than fighting the Egyptians. I got a bigger miracle in store for you, but I want you to understand this. I'm going to fight the Egyptians. I'm going to battle for you. 
I, I remember growing up, um, th this was always a constant thing on my mind because we moved often, which means that there was always a new bully to face in the neighborhood because I wasn't from the neighborhood. So I grew up fighting. I said, Mama, you're going to have to stop moving so much because I'm tired of fighting these, uh, these, uh, these bullies. And the thing is, when you look at my body, I may be a little plump right, right now, uh, but uh, I was called Bony Tony uh, uh, years ago. I was small. And here's the thing, every time I faced somebody that was bigger than me, there were times where I had the comfort of saying that, listen, listen, I'm not even going to try to fight you today, okay? I'm tired of this. I got big brother right, right around the corner, all right? I'm not trying to encourage you to fight, but I want to give you a comfort to say that, listen, God is not telling you in your strong strength, okay, because we want to share it with this together. If you grew up strong, then it's good for you. But listen, God is not calling you to face what you're facing in life with your own strength. God is saying that I will fight your battle, but there's something else that God is going to say that needs to happen in order for that to happen. Praise the Lord for big brothers. Jesus is my big brother, okay? But, but praise the Lord for that. Why is it hard in the midst of the battle to trust the Lord? Why is it so difficult? I think a part of the reason why it's so difficult is because present trials have a way of consuming our perception of reality. Doesn't it? Present trials, it consumes our per perception of reality, making it the biggest reality in our lives. Listen, when I was in grade school, you could not tell me that taking recess away from me wasn't the biggest scandal of life. All right? You, there, there was a time where I'm literally on a Friday afternoon weeping in class with my head tucked on, under my arms, and, and the neighborhood kids said, man, what are you crying about? You about to go home. I'm like, I want to recess right now. When we go through life, Whatever we're facing, I don't care if it's the argument with your wife. I don't care if it's the thing with your, your, your physical body waiting for results. I don't care if it's doubt in your soul because you have a wayward child. I don't care what it is. It's in that moment that that thing becomes the greatest reality and the greatest thing in our life and becomes the thing that we focus our whole attention on. What this calls us to is it calls us to let's transcend a bit, let's step out of our bodies, and let's look at what's going on, and then I want you to watch how you're and how I'm interacting with the thing that we're facing. If we knew the power of God and was aware of the power of God, we would be able to say that, listen, that thing is small fries compared to a big God. And this is what this is calling us to, some, some perspective. We need to see the thing that can sometimes skew our hope. We need to see that God is bigger than that thing. I love this text that said that God will fight for you. And somebody needs to hear that today, that God fulfills his promises. The third thing I want us to see here. The third thing I want us to see is that we see that humanity is called to trust. Church, you are called to trust the promises of God. He, he, he has promises over you that will be fulfilled, and nothing in this world can undo that promise. He has your soul, and he has your body as well. He says we're called to trust the promises of God as well as his assurances. However, there's something else here too. He says, trust, the word here is trust the promises of God as well as his assurances, but then also there's commandments that accompany them. Uh-oh, well, didn't nobody tell me that we had to do all that? Yeah, yeah, there's things that we have to do that God says, listen, basically, I'm going to take care of my end, but, but there's some things that I want you to take care of while I'm taking care of my end. When we see this, there is a commandment. What's the commandment here? The commandment that, the, that, uh, that God gives to Moses to give to the people is what? You need only to be still. You need only to be still. What I'm asking of you, I'm going to fight your battles. 
I'm going to fight the things that you're, fight, that you're going through. I'm going to give you assurances in this world. I'm going to promise you that you are highly seated in high places with the Lord as the Lord is on the right hand of the Father. I'm going to promise you that you will live eternally if you would just believe and trust and turn from. But there is one thing I ask for you to do, and that is to be still. Now, we're going to learn here that be still doesn't necessarily mean immobile, but be still means that I need you to trust me in this thing. And all of us know that being still is one of the hardest things that you can ever do in your faith. You say that, the Lord, you want me to do this? You want me to do this thing? Okay, I'm going to do it. Okay. Okay. But let me help you with this. Let me help you. Would you get back right there, please? All right, I'm going to be still. I'm going to be still. I'm going to be still. But, but she's talking too much stuff, Lord. I mean... Guys, I don't need to rescue. I want you to be still, which means to trust in what the Lord is doing. Somebody needs to hear that today. Be still. Stop trying to fix it, whatever you're doing. Stop trying it your way. Be still and trust the way of the Lord. Somebody needs to hear that this morning, and I need to hear it myself. Westbrook, be still and know that I am the Lord. And that's part of the reason why he's, saying, he's giving this to the people of Israel. He says that, listen, I want all of this to happen, that the people of Egypt and the people in the world, they know my glory and experience my glory. Don't get in the way of God's glory because we can't be still. And that's a word for all of us. It says here that, that, that listen, but then there's, there's a call back to the promise. That's the last, uh, the last point that we have here. It, it says that there's a call back to the promise. God knows that we need constant reassurance. And then also God needs to call us back to those promises because when we are facing trial, if we're honest this morning, when something hits our body, when depression seeks to take our minds, when we become overwhelmed by the, by the, the issues of life, in relationship, in human relationship, when all those, you got to wake up and you got to keep moving and keep moving and trust the Lord. When all those things happen, there's nothing like the trials of life that develops amnesia where we forget what God has said. He's calling them back. I, I love this next text here in verse 15. When you get a chance, you should really read Exodus chapter 14. It's filled with what God can do through his people and for his people. But Exodus 15 uh, uh, 14, verse 15, it says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. He says, that, listen, this is why we know that be still doesn't always mean immobile. Sometimes it means just do what God called you to do. It's a call back to the promise. I've already told you that I'm going to take care of it. Now it's time for you to do what I called you to do and move forward in faith. What a beautiful text. He says, listen, why are you, why are you standing crying out to me? You look mad. Oh, God, they're coming. He says, I told you to keep straight. But there's a sea right there. I told you to keep straight. He tells Moses, listen, why are you standing crying out to me? Stretch the other staff out and watch me raise up walls of deliverance for you. And there's a beautiful swag in it, too. He says that they walked on the ground as, 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 as on dry land. That, that means it wasn't damp. They wasn't getting their shoes on. I did a baptism uh, in, in, in Alameda, and I'm, my shoes got ruined walking through the water. It wasn't nothing like that. It was dry ground that they were walking on. And God said that, listen, he did so much to show them that this is a miracle that he, he t evaporated all of the dampness out. 
He says that, listen, I'm calling you back to the promise. I told you I was going to take care of you. Now I need you to move forward. And God is calling us to some things. The last thing I want to say before I move on uh, to our, our second point is, listen, one thing that you see here is you see that God's promises, it's a side note, but you see that God's promises can't be emulated. Uh, did you see the copyright infringement that was going on right there? Okay, now you said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, did you catch the fact that the Egyptians and Pharaoh tried to counterfeit the blessings of God? And they tried to counterfeit it. The text says that, that, but when the Egyptians, they said, okay, dry land, well, I'm going on dry land too. And it says that the Egyptians were drowned. Now, reading in a modern eye, with a modern ear, and modern sentiments, we may think that that is cruel. Live at that time and then tell me if it's cruel. When you have an army coming up behind you, you got kids and women and, and men that can't defend themselves. No, the Lord delivered them the, that day. We should be praising God and, and doing some dance if, you, if you're charismatic enough. Look, listen, it says here that they tried. I think there's two small things I wanted to see, what, well, big truths, but, but two quick points here. This tells us that God uniquely deals with his people. God uniquely deals with you. God's favor is a, is a special favor for his people. Yes, the, the sun, and, and it rains on the just as well as the unjust. There are things that we're all going to experience as God's blessing in this world. But there are certain blessings that God gives to those who are willing to trust him and follow Jesus and give their life to him. There are special blessings. And listen, you have the same sea. You have the same sea, but different results. I think this tells us that, listen, we live this life in such a way that sometimes we, we join in the same despair. Our political party is in despair, we despair. I'm stepping on toes. Our, 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 social, uh, our social interests, they in despair, then we despair. The Scripture tells us that, that we do not despair as the world does, not if you're a believer, because you know in the bigness of God that, that God has everything taken care of. The point is, is that we can live the same life but have a different joy. The scripture tells us, that, listen, Christians are not called to walk into this place and be fake and wear masks. I'm not called. That's, this is not encouragement for that. This is a call to say that, listen, joy is this peace that surpasses understanding, which means that God is able to give you a peace that doesn't make any sense. When people look at the fact that there's Pharaoh coming up behind, that, yeah, I know that I should be terrified from your perspective. I know what this world is like, but God gives me a joy that doesn't make any sense. Uh, God's promises are specifically for his people. I, I think the, the, here's the question that I want to come to. What is God calling you to trust this morning? The reality is that we have a God who specializes in delivering. And I don't know what that is for you, but you know what it is. You know what you're praying for somebody else. And listen, when Pharaoh's army is behind us, whether that be through cancer or loss or financial ruin or temptations of this world or relationship difficulties or spiritual depression, which is a real thing, when those things are attacking us and ever before us, that's the best time to work the muscle of faith in looking to God's promises for his people. It is one thing to trust God when trust is not really necessary. And it's quite another to trust God when it is absolutely necessary. I, I, I have this, this joke, you know, when, when we were standing at the altar, my wife and I, and, and when she says, I do, and I say, I do, we commit to trusting one another and loving one another. It's one thing to say that. It's quite another thing when, when I get in the car and I drive and my wife doesn't trust my driving. That's, that's quite another thing. I'm like, I thought you said you trust me. Oh, what's, what's going on? Uh, 
I, I know how, I remember how to park. I, I, I got it. I, I, could, I could find the parking spot. And, and, I, and that's okay. He said, that's a stereotype uh, against women. No, that's, uh, men do the same thing. We do the same thing. That's why you're always looking over saying that, well, why are you telling me what to do? I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I just, maybe there's something that God needs to work in my heart here. Here's the, here, let, me, let, me, let me lend this point. Let me lend this point. We're called to trust God in the thick of it. On the day of battle, that's when we trust God. When you're wrestling with the thing that you're wrestling with, that's when you say to God, I'm going to trust you for this. It's not just simply before the battle. It's during the battle. God can heal. I've seen him do it. And, if he, and, and God can, has our soul even when the body withers away. God, I've seen God hold his people. God can mend broken relationships. You're in a relationship where you say, that, Lord, I have no idea how you're going to fix this thing. But Lord may be calling you to fix you versus that other person. Lord, I've seen God do it. God can part the waters of the Red Sea. And listen, if God parts the waters of the Red Sea, what makes you think he can't do for you, what you are desperately crying out to him for. And some of us say that, Lord, I don't know if God will forgive my sins. I've, I've, I've made it right with that person. I apologize. Even whether they forgive me or not, I don't know. The beauty is, as Charles Spurgeon said, he says that the love of Jesus is deeper than the sin in you. If we would just trust the Lord. Questions here that I want you to go home with. To some of us, the words that God may be calling us to this morning, and whatever you're facing, and whatever you need deliverance from, it's be still. Some of us, that may be the word for you. And I don't know what that is, but you know what that is. To be still. Don't keep on doing it your way. Be still. And some of us, though, the word may be, maybe uh, why, or the question that God may be asking is, why are you crying out to me? And that is not to say that you can't cry out to God. That is to say that God may have already given you instruction on what to do and how to handle this thing, but, but, but we're still in the midst of crying out about it because maybe we don't want to trust him. I got people that I talk to often, and, and, and they say, that no, I don't want to give up this relationship. I know that it's robbing me of my joy. I know that it is not right inside of God. I know that it's, it's hurting me, and I'm hurting this, this person and they kind of wallow around with it. They already talked to 15 other people, and they tell them the same thing. He says that maybe it's time for you to stop crying out about this, and maybe it's time for you to trust the Lord for the next steps. Amen? Amen. All right, all right, let's go, let's go to the next point. Uh, by faith. So we see that by faith, walls go up. God delivers his people and protects his people. By faith, walls come down. And let me, uh, this is going to be a shorter point here, but let me go ahead and read this text. It says, by faith. The walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. In our previous point, we saw by faith walls went up. In this example, we see walls coming down. And I think that there are three words that serve as vehicles that will help us to get through this point. That word, those words are possible, patiently, and power. Okay, now if you keep uh, keeping notes here, watch this. We see first, I believe, that faith is knowing with God all things are possible. That's the, as we're going through the school of faith, faith is knowing that with God, all things are possible. There was someone that was at the Red Sea crossing over with, with uh, Moses and with the people of Israel that God has called into this situation right here, and it's Joshua, and he continues to have faith in the Lord. Let me read that for you uh, so you can know the context here. It says here that then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with his kings and his fighting men. 
March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast of the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up everyone straight in. You might see after I said that point why it is important for me to tell you with God all things are possible. If you were sitting around uh, on the the side of Jericho watching them march around the city once a day, you might be like me and you may say they may be thinking like this is not fundamental to ancient kingdom warfare. What are they doing? And maybe you have some people in the crowd while they're walking around and saying that, like, what are we doing right now? God said to do it through the servant Joshua. I think it's working. Can you feel it? They're looking for something. The point is, is that whatever God is calling us to do, we are called to trust in whatever it is. That's why the scriptures tell us in Corinthians that it pleased God to take the things that was foolish to the world to confound the wise of the world. We, we know that when people look at a bloody cross, they say, why in the world are you putting your trust in that, that you may trust and that you may be reconciled to God? God knows that that is foolishness to a perishing world. But nonetheless, God took the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. And this is beautiful salvation for us. With, all, with God, all things are possible. And that may be something that you need to hear this morning as God is calling you forth. Ephesians 3.20, Paul says once more, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Know that whatever it is that God is calling you to, that God is able to do immeasurably more than you can ever imagine. You can't even think of the thing. You can't even make this stuff up. Over 25 years of Christianity, I can't make up the stuff that God has been able to do and what God has done and through my life as well as other people's life. Secondly, we see this. Faith is patiently waiting on God to show up. It's pa- we're waiting on God to show up. As they're going around the city, they're saying that, listen, I'm, that's a lot waging on God here. I'm like, Lord, there's a lot at stake here. All right, I'm going to do this for, for six days. On the seventh day, I'm going to go seven times. And then we're going to blow, blow some horns. And God, something has got to happen. And some of us need that audacity. And some of us need that in our prayer life right now. God, there's a lot at stake here. I'm praying to you, and I need you to do something. I need you soften my heart. I need you to change this situation. I'm praying for my na- that this neighbor that continues to test me, Lord. I, I don't know why they want to test me. I'm not with that life anymore, Lord. Why do they keep on wanting to test these hands? I don't, I don't know. He said, they said, what, what are you talking about, man? Test hands. That's urban vernacular that I'm learning here, God. He says here that, that, that there's things that God has given them the instruction on, that they have to be patient and waiting. And, and let me just say this real quick as I get ready to close here, that even when God gives us this plan for salvation, and he says that those that endure to the end shall be saved, the promise that we're holding on to is that God will save us, and even in the end when eternity comes and we walk into eternity, that all of God's promises will come to fruition and we will enjoy those things. But it's not easy waiting, is it? I love this quote from Chuck Swindoll when we talk about how difficult it is to be still or how difficult it is to be patient and longing for God. 
Swindoll says this. He says, we must cease striving and trust God to provide what he thinks is best and in whatever time he chooses to make it available. But this kind of trusting doesn't come naturally. It's a supernatural crisis of the will in which we must choose to exercise faith. Let me get off this point here, but let me just say this, is that, listen, faith doesn't always come natural. It has to go through the process of being a supernatural crisis of the will, where you frustrate your own will and say that, listen, I am not going to trust the circumstances in front of me. I'm going to trust God. You've got to frustrate your own self sometimes to trust God. All right. Faith, next point, is faith is trusting that God has the power to bring walls down. We need to hear that in our lives today, and we need to remember that on the day of battle. Trust and faith is trusting that God actually does have the power to bring down walls. I love what F.B. Meyer says about this. He says that we never test the resources of God until we attempt the impossible. What are we talking about right now? We first looked at God delivering Israel from something, but now we're seeing that, seeing that God is actually delivering them for something. He wants them to do something. He wants them to accomplish something in his, in his will. And God is calling all of his people in the same way to do things in his power and, in, and for his will. I like what Helen Keller, Tim Keller, the author and, 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 and uh, previous pastor, Tim Keller, his wife, Helen Keller, says this. She says that it is for us to pray. Let me say this as I get ready to close here. It is for us to pray, not for tasks equal to our powers, but for powers equal to our task to go forward with a great desire forever beating at the door of our hearts as we travel toward our distant goal. As God is constantly calling his people, we remember this last point, as God is calling his people and constantly delivering us from things, God is also bringing down walls that we are to walk into, and we see that faith is knowing that God saves us from some things, and God saves us for some things. And I believe this is what we see in this, in this text. We're reminded in Ephesians, as I get ready to pray for us, we're reminded in Ephesians 2.10, let me read that text for us, that for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Whatever you may be facing this morning, God can handle it. And whatever God may be calling you to, God will empower you for the task. And I believe that it's going to become more and more important in our country and in our context for God's people to be mobilized, and I don't care how old you are, to be mobilized to do the work of God. It's God's people that must trust him continually that we may do because the reality is, is that I need you to do and be on active duty with the Lord and trust him for it. I don't know what that means for you. Maybe that means that you say that, God, I've been sitting on this ministry ideal, and God, I've experienced some things in life, and I know that you're calling me to this thing, and I need to go ahead and stop sitting on it and then act. For some of us, this means that, that I need to get plugged into some ministries that the Lord has, has put on my heart, and I really care about that, and God is freeing you up to do some things, whether that be in the church or whether it be in parachurch ministries. Uh, uh, to, to this day, we still get to uh, partner with, with Cal and, and, and some of the folks there with uh, uh, International College Ministries. Beautiful work. And I believe that that's what God's gift is going to continue to be in the church as we move forward. Let me pray for us this morning. 
Father, we're so thankful right now that you deliver your people. Lord, we don't know what that is for everybody, but you know what that is. And may we be a people that don't simply trust you in name, don't simply trust you when the sun is out, but we trust you, God, in the valley experiences, God, when we are filled with overcast like we are in the bay right now. Lord, I pray right now that your people be a people that entrust to you what we are going through, that people may witness your glory in the land. And God, if there's anything that you called us to do, may we be bold enough and patient enough, God, to do those things and trust you in the midst of it. Lord, we love you. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.